Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, 35 Conservative MPs sign a letter asking for a review of Aaron O'Toole's leadership. It appears that his leadership could be put to a vote as early as Wednesday's caucus meeting. Justin Trudeau speaks out against the actions of some protesters in Ottawa. Over the past few days, Canadians were shocked and frankly disgusted by the behaviour displayed by some people protesting in our nation's capital. I want to be very clear. We are not intimidated by those who hurl insults and abuse at small business workers and steal food from the homeless. And Canada considers a request for help from Ukraine. The biggest contribution that Canada can make to Ukraine right now is people. We have trained our soldiers have trained over 30,000 Ukrainian soldiers. We should not underestimate the importance of this training mission. It's Tuesday, February the 1st. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Good morning and happy February 1st. Yes, same to you. And <laughs> we have some interesting news to talk about. Uh, there appear to be some three dozen Conservative MPs who have signed a letter asking for a review of Aaron O'Toole's leadership. So what does this mean? What are you hearing? Uh, well, I, I'm only hearing, as you are too, uh, this is uh, breaking, this uh, sort of broke late last night, or late-ish, uh, um, with news that uh, that the required amount of signatures had been acquired to trigger a leadership review for Mr. O'Toole. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that Mr. O'Toole thought that he had bought himself some time, but now it appears, I, I think we're going to learn more about this through the day, that his leadership could be put to a vote as early as Wednesday's caucus meeting. And this is so quick moving, I think, you know, um, it's, it's strange that over the weekend, the big story on Parliament Hill, of course, has been this convoy and the convoy protesters. And one of the things they they demanded late in the weekend was for Mr. O'Toole to step down. And I'm sure connections are going to be made between the idea that no sooner had the convoy protesters demanded Mr. O'Toole leave, that it seems that events were set in motion for that to happen. I'm not sure that there's a direct line between that. The Conservative Party seems like it's a bit of a mess right now. And and there were but, already uh, some frustrations, clearly, right? Yes, and they're the same frustrations we, we heard during the election. This is the tension in the current Conservative Party between the base and the people who are worried that the big votes they're losing are to the People's Party of Canada, Maxine Bernier. Yeah. So trying to move the party into that space. And then there's the Aaron O'Toole and the sort of more moderate wing that believes the party can only win if they get seats in Ontario and, uh, and in Quebec and in the centre of Canada, that they are always going to have those votes. So he's being... <clears throat> It's a no-win situation for him. He's being tugged in two directions. One is that Maxime Bernier, helped a little bit by this convoy protest, was 
taking more votes away from conservatives or more of the base away. And then there was the, um, there is the idea of, of how are you going to win the election unless you woo people who've gone liberal? So um, it's, it's a precarious position for him to be in. I think he thought he could juggle it as long as he uh, kept the leadership thing at bay for a while. He was very quiet over the weekend, but it looks like uh, this story is going to move really, really quickly today. Uh, it just burst last night, and it's going to, I think, by the end of today, that's pretty much all the conservative discussion will be about. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens today on that. Now, as Parliament resumed yesterday, one of the big news stories was the fact that the prime minister revealed that he tested positive for COVID. And I think a lot of people uh, probably this time around knew more people with the latest wave and the latest variant who tested positive than in previous waves. And, And now the prime minister himself has tested positive. Um, kind of an interesting development. Yeah, it's it's almost a miracle that he hasn't had it before now because his wife was one of the first high-profile uh, sufferers of COVID, right, as the pandemic yeah. broke out, and uh, the prime minister didn't get it. Now, we heard last week somebody in his house had it, then it was one of his kids, now it's two of his kids and him. And uh, you're right. This has been everybody's story of uh, the last six weeks. I know it's the story in my own house. We've had positive tests, but mild cases. Um, it's it, This is the, I guess, the democratizing wave of COVID, where before we didn't know, it, it was hard to find people who had it, and now everybody seems to have it. Yeah, and so the Prime Minister says he feels okay and that he's continuing to work. And in fact, he was speaking out over the last couple of days about the protests uh, in and around Parliament Hill in downtown Ottawa. Uh, He said he won't give in. He talked about how uh, Canadians uh, are probably disgusted by some of the protesters' actions. Um, What do you think about his reaction to it and the political consequences of this demonstration in downtown Ottawa? It's interesting. I heard from a couple of people yesterday who were saying it was an interesting choice of phrases. We're not giving in to it rather than saying he wouldn't tolerate it. Um, already setting it up as a battle, you know, that uh, that this is between him and the protesters. Certainly that's the frame in which many of the protesters have been working. Um, I, I thought, uh, I, I think there there will be a lot of people who will be happy to hear from the prime minister that he's he's not doing any Pierre Trudeau just watch me uh, things with this protest, but he is drawing a line. And you saw ministers doing it and, and MPs doing it all day too. Um, clearly seeing this as, as something in which they want to draw a line between themselves and conservatives, especially the conservative MPs, who were appearing at the rally. And, we, you know, that was a theme yesterday as the House opened, is uh, the, the polarization around this protest. Yeah, and let's talk a little more about that, because I, I suspect that, that while on some level uh, Justin Trudeau would probably like this protest not to happen, that that won't stop him from using it to his advantage as a politician, right? And And... 
he did say <clears throat> yesterday, uh, uh, through this pandemic, Canadians have seen and have a right to expect responsible leadership. Unfortunately, that's not what we've always seen from the likes of Aaron O'Toole or even more Maxime Bernier. And uh, and there there could be an argument that Justin Trudeau is actually served by this protest in a way. Often often it looks bad on a government when there's a protest going on, but in this case, it could be something that could benefit Trudeau because presumably the majority of Canadians would line up on his side of this fight. It's very similar to what we saw during the election campaign, including some of those uh, the slogans and the posters and and the over-the-top rhetoric. And we did see the Prime Minister during the election campaign have two different kind of reactions to it. When, at one point, he said he was trying to understand their frustrations, et cetera, et cetera. And I was on the road with him then, and you heard reporters say, what are you, crazy? Why are you putting up with this? You know, you've got to talk tougher. So I, I think he's, he's kind of doing the tough talk with him. I heard liberals saying over the weekend that... Um, they were accumulating enough material for uh, the next election ads with pictures of this protest and tagging it with, you know, conservatives. So um, definitely you're right. Uh, The more heated this becomes, the more stories we see about swastikas, Confederate flags, Terry Fox statue being defaced, the more um, it makes the liberals look like they are, up against not a political force, but, a you know, a bunch of hooligans. All right, moving away from Ottawa, Susan, to the situation in Ukraine. Uh, apparently, uh, according to reports, uh, the government there has once again asked Canada for more help. Um, the United States is warning uh, that Russia is still building up forces and, in their view, intends to attack Ukraine. The defense minister, Anita Anand, uh, has been meeting with counterparts there. Um, so what's the latest on that, and, and what do you see as Canada's role going forward? Well, I heard Melanie Jolie, who is, you know, they've, they've sort of bracketed this. Anita Anand is now there, is over abroad. And Melanie Jolie, who was over there last week, is now back in the House of Commons. So I was watching both of them yesterday. And it looks like Melanie Jolie is saying, we asked Ukraine what they wanted last week. They gave us a list. We gave them their list, you know, the, the loan that they talked about. And I take it that we're, Anita Anand's visit is going to produce another list. So I think we should probably stay tuned. I think this is a, a fast-moving thing as well. And it is dependent on not just what Russia is doing, but I've been really watching the similarities, the sharp similarities between what Anthony Blinken is saying in the United States and you hear the same words almost coming from Canada and its allies. This is a very coordinated response in a way that you might not have seen when Donald Trump was president, for example. But this is obviously something on which the allies are talking every day and saying the same language, it seems. So... Um, I'd say stay tuned. Something could happen as soon Mm. as today on that, too, something more. All right. We'll see what happens. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Freedom of expression, assembly, and association are cornerstones of democracy. But Nazi symbolism, racist imagery, 
and desecration of war memorials are not. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. At ctvnews.ca, Don Martin argues the Freedom Convoy may keep on trucking into something bigger. Martin writes, In Justin Trudeau's mind, the Freedom Convoy is a fringe movement that's going nowhere. No doubt he will be wildly applauded by most Canadians for his hard red line against a protest whose head-scratching leadership is advocating the overthrow of this government. But he may have gone too far in belittling everyone attending this bizarre protest and, by extension, their supporters, because it could yet morph into a larger, more coherent movement. In The Hill Times, Michael Harris considers the tyranny of the minority. Harris writes, Some of the worst elements in this disgraceful faux protest have made clear that they would like to essentially dissolve government. They are not patriots or champions of human rights. They are democracy wreckers and spreaders of lies and disease. Everyone is tired of this pandemic, but the way to beat it isn't turning a pandemic into a constitutional rights issue. In the Toronto Star, Robert Hiltz argues it's time for the Freedom Convoy to go. Hiltz writes, To some extent, you can sympathize with the people that have made the trip. The pandemic is exhausting. Frustration, even anger, are understandable. What separates the convoy's grievance from understandable and reasonable outrage is the way that anger is directed outward in all directions. It is an unattended fire hose left to spray its rage in all directions. It's typical in these situations to blame this on a few bad apples, but that ignores the second half of the idiom, they spoil the bunch. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will speak with the President of France before he virtually chairs the Cabinet meeting. He will also speak with the co-chair of the COVID-19 Immunity Task Force and Canada's Chief Science Advisor. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will meet with the Dairy Farmers of Canada and the BC Dairy Association. And Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet will hold a news conference in Ottawa. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, February 1st. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.